1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape presented to you in partnership by Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content and Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of BGN. I am Joe Choa of BTB. You can listen to this on both of our podcast networks, whether you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan that sucks or a Dallas Cowboys fan. That is awesome. We have the good times here on the Mixtape. BLG, happy week 14 to you, my friend.
2: I feel like the NFC East mixtape RJ is probably the most anticipated podcast in the entire world.
1: I agree with you. Um, And you said this at the tail end of last week's episode. Huge thanks. Huge levels of love and admiration for everybody who is participating uh, in the NSC's Mixtape with us. And to those of you who have chosen to share your levels of admiration for the show, that really means a lot to us. Uh, If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to your preferred podcast provider, whether you're a Cowboys fan and Eagles fan, go to BTB or BGN. But... Whether you are a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan, leave a rating and write a review for both. The cross review, as BLG has coined it, go to the other team's podcast provi- or podcast network, Excuse me. leave a five-star rating, and write whatever you want. You can say whatever you want, as long as you leave a five-star rating. BLG, we have three ratings on the BTB oh my site, gosh! if you are ready. Let's do it. Uh, the first one comes to us from Jared. I don't know if it's a lowercase L or uppercase I. Which one do you think it is?
2: Uh, what's there? It's just that, just like it's Jared with a capital J. So
1: Jared dot, and then this letter. I'm gonna say I. Me too. I think it's like the last name. Uh, but Jared dot I. We're guessing. Uh, caption is Go Eagles. Five stars. Lifelong Eagles fan. Lifelong Cowboys hater. We're off to a great start. Nothing grinds my gears more than trash talking Cowboys fans that have never been to Texas. I had the unique experience of being in Dallas for work during the Eagles Super Bowl parade. Love the mixtape podcast, guys. Friday after next is the best Christmas movie
2: ever. I really don't get why we see a ton of Cowboys fans outside of Texas, but it does happen.
1: Are you saying that there is no Eagles fan outside of? Interesting. Um, That's a lot of people that, you know, Seemingly live in the metropolis of Philadelphia. But mm-hmm. uh, okay, next one comes to us from Rich Bobby, longtime listener. Rich Bobby also listens to the Espionation NFL show, where you can hear both BLG and I go yes. subscribe to that feed, leave a rating, write a review. Five star rating title just saying. Here we go. RJ and his wife welcomed a beautiful child into the world on eleven twenty four. On 11 19, 17, the Philadelphia Eagles would shed it the Cowboys 37 to 9 in the house that Jerry built. Eleven nineteen mm-hmm. is five days before eleven twenty-four. Number five belongs to Donovan McNabb. Five will always love you. Also, the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl that twenty seventeen season. Peace and love, BT beers. That was an interesting one.
2: Rich Bobby is like one of the most dedicated BGN and SB Nation NFL show. I would say listeners, uh, great him and Mario Cap. Some of the some of the top like elite level this listeners. This is who you should like aspire to be. Like these are like the elite level listeners.
1: Not not to interrupt you, but funny you
2: should mention Mario Cap.
1: (laughs) Next one comes to us from Mario Cap, who's embraced how great he is at reviewing because the title of this one is literally just Mario Cap. Five star rating. Here we go. RJ, the Dallas kicking game cost you another win along with the DPI penalties, talking about the Thanksgiving loss against the Raiders. Dak did great considering his top two receivers were not in the game. I agree with BLG that offensive tackle would have served you better than linebacker in the first Mm -hmm. round. Congratulations, RJ, on the birth of your son. May the Lord bless you, your wife, and your little boy. I knew we would lose to the Giants. I have suffered for 50 years with this team, and my heart has been broken repeatedly. We have Rager instead of Jefferson, JJ, Arthego Whiteside instead of DK Metcalf, and Howie traded away our draft pick in 2018 to the Ravens with which they chose Lamar Jackson. I would love to see the Cowboys go to Lambeau Field and beat the Packers in the divisional round. Let's go, Mario Cat.
2: I feel like the NFC's mixtape, RJ, has it has to have kind of like maybe changed your opinion on Eagles fans. Like pretty, pretty, you know, supportive, pretty good people, I feel like.
1: I think that it has more than anything changed Eagles fans' opinions of Cowboys people because they realize that we are awesome and perfect and mm. not full of flaws like their leader has led them to believe for all of these years over at BGN. So, you know, maybe maybe you should feel a little bit doubted here for, for all the lies you've told. Doubt it. Anyway, um, it is time to get into this week's NSCs mixtape. And boy, oh boy, do we have quite the festivities going on. BLG, there are 11 games remaining this season for the NFC East. Only three of them feature an NFC East team playing a non-NFC East team. That means we have eight games between now and the regular season that is pure unadulterated, high-octane NFC East fashion. So uh, we start with the division leaders, thanks to their Thursday night football win over the New Orleans Saints. The Dallas Cowboys picked off Taysom Hill four times. Uh, it was a gross game, being honest with you. Uh, I said this on our post-game show. Cowboys looked much better in their loss to Tampa, as an example, than they did in their win against New Orleans. You would never take the loss over the win. Uh, there's still some concerns for the Cowboys. A lot of people, BLG, a lot of Cowboys fans, and I want to say this now, that were in my mentions, oh, well, what do you expect? They had to play three games in 12 days, blah, blah, blah. BLG, every team has to play three games in 12 days when they go from Sunday to Sunday to Thursday night football. Every team has to do this. The only exception this year is actually the aforementioned Ravens who had their bye week two weeks before their Thursday night football game, which they lost to the Miami Dolphins. But um, so whatever the the rest thing fine McCarthy being out fine, Um, you know, I, I can understand those things to a certain degree. I would understand them more if this was like the first, you know, kind of bump in the road for this team. But the fact that they have been so lethargic offensively for over a month now is really concerning. This is some of the worst football that Dak Prescott has played, which does speak to how good he's been for the majority of his career. So I think there are concerns. And I think, you know, you feel better when you see the rest of the NFL games and there are still, you know, every team is struggling with whoever they're playing. You know, this is the true League of Parity. But I mean, it's it's hard to feel convinced that the Cowboys are going to do anything beyond winning the NFC East, and even that feels really scary this particular week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's this kind of this week specifically goes kind of back to what I was saying about on Thanksgiving. Like, hey, if the Raiders won that game, and then the Eagles take advantage and actually beat the Giants, which they clearly didn't, but if they did, it would have been it would very much would have been like a race down the stretch here, and it would have been something to watch. Uh, the Eagles obviously blew that. Uh, on the rest thing, I mean, the Cowboys, all of their opponents. Like, it was equal rest, right? Like, no one had more rest than them going into any no. of those matchups. No. I don't want to hear uh, that. It's, it's equal it, footing.
1: I agree. But it's it's just, like, people explain. Some Cowboys fans try to explain how the team is playing poorly. I will say yeah. it is a unique thing. And I know you love to harp about how the Cowboys get the Thanksgiving Day game every year. What I will say, and granted. It is equal for in this case for the New Orleans Saints who played the Cowboys on Thursday night football. The Cowboys and their Thursday night football opponent are the only teams who don't get the mini buy immediately following their short week. That is a, you know, it is a, a true variable. Now, however large of a variable you think it is, is up to you. I don't think it's that big of one that, you know, but and and they're not even reacting to that. You know, as an example, Zeke is, is so clearly you know bothered by something yeah. and injured and so like why like that was the perfect game to rest him because you could have beat the saints without him clearly and you would have given him all that time and then the mini bye to get ready for the serious games which are you know starting this sunday at washington
2: uh circling back to Dak prescott who a certain someone may have said earlier in the season like hmm i think Dak in the shoulder injury and everything is gonna be fine uh, early in the season, or or it might be, but it's, it's something that we might need to monitor as the season goes on. And sure enough, Dak Prescott not exactly playing his best football recently. He's at 87.4 pass rating through his last five games. That includes, you know, that just huge blowout victory over the Falcons who stink and I have no idea how that team is five wins this year they've like the fourth worst point differential in the NFL it's a joke anyway uh yeah so I just think that they really need to get him back on track as serious contenders like beating the Saints is great like you get a win you're probably gonna win the NFC East but like it doesn't matter in the big picture like you're kind of saying if if the quarterback isn't playing well then that kind of caps the ceiling on the team as a whole, and your confidence in them in that regard, I think Dak needs to have a really big game against Washington this week. I mean, getting the win obviously is most important, but like if it's kind of just another like eh, game from him, that's pretty concerning. I think he needs to have like a statement game against Washington this week.
1: He is seven and one against Washington in his career. Although I don't know if you know this BLG Dak Prescott has never played the Washington football team. Uh, He missed both games last year, their first season, obviously under that banner. Um, And so, you know, he's also never beaten them if you want to be specific Hmm. about that. But um I think the the person that is receiving the most criticism for capping the offense has been Kellen Moore and man BLG the takes the early part of the season. Well, if I, if I was Jerry Jones at the end of the year, I, I would fire Mike McCarthy. I, you know he What's McCarthy doing? Anyway, Kellen Moore is running the show. Kellen Moore is the one in charge of the offense. Kellen Moore is the genius. Kellen Moore is perfect last week was a huge opportunity for Kellen Moore, especially with all these like openings in the world of college football. Granted, they're, they're filling up, obviously, but I mean, it was an island game, Thursday night football, and it's unfortunate that Mike McCarthy had to miss the game and, and hopefully all is well with him and his family. He is on track to return to the Cowboys later this week, but if Kellen Moore's offense had been awesome or just even kind of good, it would have been this huge statement of like, look at him. He truly is doing it on his own. Kellen has lost a lot of shine over the last month, and I don't feel any confidence that so he's going to leave the Cowboys to be a head coach anywhere next season. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think we, you know, people forget. I don't forget, you know, because I'm mean. but people forget this is his fourth season as a coach, like period, ever at the professional level. And so sometimes it just takes time to mature. I do think, and shout out to Dan Quinn. I know you said last week was a lose-lose proposition for Mike McCarthy. I do <laughs> think. We we saw the value that he brings and provides. He does stabilize this team in some way. Um, But my primary point is that Kellen Moore, a little bit in over his head.
2: He's also only 33 years old, which is, you know, kind of pretty crazy. Not that there aren't young coaches in the NFL, but. You know,
1: he's this automatic head coach. Blah blah. It was it was always silly that conversation.
2: So it was Joe Brady before he got fired, which you oh, know, man. Is stupid. And we we talked about that on the SB Nation NFL show at length. Me and my co-host uh, Rob Stats Guerrero. But anyway, uh, on uh, I mean, they they did win without Mike McCarthy. So you know, it's tough to say. You know, or you kind of wonder, are they offense, better without him?
1: Their offense was so bad. Yeah, I mean, call it was. Plays. What it does was have to do with anything. Awful. I mean. I, I, I don't, I, like, again, I don't have an explanation for you, but what I can. Note is that Kellen Moore's offense has been terrible. And he's doing mm. dumb things. Like he's he's doing things that we haven't seen so far this season. And last week, you know, people making such a big deal, BLG, about this week. You know, Demarcus Lawrence returned last week, but now it's Randy is gonna be back. Neville is gonna be back. This is literally the healthiest. The Cowboys defense is gonna be all season long, which is exciting. But that was the case last week for the offense. I mean, you had you had everybody wanted to see Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins at the two tackle positions. We got that. We got Amari Cooper back with Michael Gall up in Land. there was the one drive where they each had the like monster plays that set up, you know, for the the lone touchdown before Tony Pollard obviously took care of things. But that was it. Like so, you you lit- that was. I don't know if you know this or not. That was literally the first game ever that Dak Prescott, Tyron yeah. Smith, Lyle Collins, the three receivers, all played together. And you only are able to to put up, you know, one point through or one touchdown through the air. I mean that that is. I don't want to say deeply concerning, but that's where people are at with Kellen Morris. Like, he has lost all trust. Now he's just, like, you know, another offensive coordinator right now.
2: Cowboys scored 27 points in a game where Taysom Hill had, what, four interceptions? Like, you know, you're kind of looking for more then you're, you're kind of looking to at least break 30 if the other quarterback is, is turning the ball over. Did he have any fumbles in that game? He
1: did not, but I, um, yeah. I was so in love with your stat about the Giants getting no points off of the Eagles turnovers last week that on oh. Friday morning, I looked at this. So one of the Taysom turnovers was the pick six at the very end of the game. So we're willing to sure. admit that that's, that's a touchdown. So looking at the other three, do you know how many points the Cowboys pulled off of those three interceptions?
2: Uh, I'm going to say three. It was three. Well, that's
1: just that's not enough, it, uh, not can't, enough. This, you know it can't be enough now not if you're supposed to be the number one offense in the n f l right that can't be exactly
2: enough. yeah, that's the standard. It's not like you know like we're a team that wins through our defense, and that's our you know our recipe, and the offense does enough no, it's like the offense is the bread and butter, it needs to be a lot better, than it's been and i i I see this on blogging the boys I saw an article this morning I was going through putting uh post together for the link and i did see like this is like the vibe over there seems to be this is a really big game against washington this week it's like even like we can acknowledge as cowboys fans like is is what they're saying that uh like if we lose this game still have a good chance of winning the nfcs but like you know and even if you pull off the division still and you do lose this game like it's just that's not it like that's that's not what we're looking for right now like you're shooting bigger that's the thing like you should be shooting for the like the division is kind of wrapped up if you look at like football outsiders their their playoff odds i think the cowboys are like 96 chance to win the east like the, the division is pretty much done um although maybe not if washington wins this week it's more of a conversation uh but yeah i think it's all about kind of looking like a contender for the super bowl and not just like the best team in the nfc's at this point
1: this game is is what people wanted the chiefs game to be for the cowboys everybody's like this is this is the big game this is the big show. like that again like you don't want to lose but like re- in in realistic terms that was a not a meaningless game, but it was the least meaningful game that you can play because it's against the the opposite conference. This is the exact opposite of that. This is a road divisional game against a team that's on your heels. If you want to stretch that term just a little bit, uh, but that, that can be on your heels if they win this game because you play them twice in the next three weeks. So this is this is the biggest game of the Mike McCarthy era. And it's funny mm. given that. In the two games that he's played, Washington previously, a point I've raised to you, he has not had his, his ideal offense. He's never had Dak Prescott against Washington. Um, he's never had Tyron Smith or Lyle Collins. Obviously, he's never had Micah Parsons. Um, so, you know, and to be fair, you know, Washington's down. Washington's on their second quarterback this year. So you've got your full complement of people. This is literally going to be BLG, the healthiest the Cowboys are, period. In a game this year, they're not, they don't have any star players on the COVID list or on injured reserve. They're going to be basically at full health. And so if they don't win, it will be deeply concerning. But let's get to Washington, who are in second place in the NFC East because the Philadelphia Eagles are not. Remember, BLG, everybody said, oh, the the NFC least. You know, this division will be won with seven wins. This, uh, it annoys me to no end that people, when they make their season predictions, just lean on the results from the previous year. That's it. I think Washington will win it with 7, seven and 10. It's going to be the first, you know, division, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Washington gets a lukewarm, impressive win over Vegas, 17 to 15. Taylor Heineke just, just gets it done. I mean, that's, that's, you know, what a great, weird find. I don't know if I would call it great, but he has been a really, really, really bright light for them in the midst of these last two seasons
2: relative to expectation yeah i mean it's a good you're getting more value out of the signing than you reasonably could have expected a a former xfl backup who obviously you know he was in carolina there for a bit with ron rivera and that was the connection and everything um but yeah i mean the way I i would i would phrase it about washington is that uh, I mean, you have to give him some credit for being on the longest win streak in the NFC, which is like a funny and, thing to say.
1: And it, it's not just a fluky one either. Like, yeah, they beat the Panthers, whatever. Like, it's, it's not like a robust one, but they beat the Bucks. You know, like that that's yeah. a really impressive kickstart to that whole thing without Chase Young. I mean, like the, the fact that they're yeah. doing it without him is really impressive.
2: And then they were at a big rest disadvantage against the Raiders. Like they were coming off a short week. Raiders are coming off, you know, the Thanksgiving game. Like, And then it, the game was in Vegas and the Raiders had been inconsistent. I'm not gonna say like it's the most impressive win ever, but it's, it's a quality victory. again I would say they're not firing on all cylinders, the football team. Uh Taylor Heineke got away with some like turnover worthy throws in that game, including like a pick, I think towards the end that just went through kind of like the Raiders' hands. So uh, you know, I still not buying him at all as this like you know, lethal uh you know, long term answer for them. But he gives them a chance to win each week. And uh Did you take uh, him
1: over Kirk Cousins?
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> obviously oh. <laughs> not, but but like you know that's not a very high bar for me uh so uh you know they're a solid team they're they're a team that's not going to lay down at this point and die like like you have to bring it against them like if you don't bring like i don't say necessarily you need your a game always to beat them but if you bring like you know c game probably not gonna be good enough like they're, they're a solid football team that's what i expected them to be heading into the season the defense has stepped up not in a way that they're like the 85 bears or whatever all of a sudden but they're they're at least solid or they're at least a lot more respectable than they were earlier in the year and uh we'll see if they can ca- capitalize on this because this would be a really big win for them and i by the way i think that's your headline for bugging the boys not to tell you how to do your job but this is the biggest game of the mike mccarthy era if it hasn't already been used
1: um that specific headline hasn't already been used but it definitely will be um you know and i already had that thought don't worry you know yeah, but but that's great teamwork happening here. Uh, the symmetry um, across uh, synergy, but, um, symmetry works too. I mean, but synergy, synergy better works work. better. Because, I'm not going to uh, post
2: that though. What is, what is the reflection? Uh, anyway, anyway.
1: Uh, but I'm going to say this sentence, and I I actually want you to enjoy it. It's the Christmas season, season of giving. You know, <laughs> uh, so I'm I want you to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera is really good at his job. I do think that he's overrated by some so it's really the fault of of the people not ron rivera but this is impressive like he is steadying the waters like like it, they're not a disaster like and yeah it it should not be as easy to be a disaster as sorry the eagles and the giants make it seem and so like the fact that they are just not Imploding is impressive. Now, they have a clear ceiling on their potential because of the talent on their team. And, you know, that is the mistakes of Ron Rivera, partly, and other people. But I mean, they deserve a lot of credit. And I mean, they're like, they're in the playoffs right now. They're a wild card team. And they're not the, like, oh, the, the, the third wild card just because the NFL added it. No, they are the real McCoy, like an OG, the second wild card. And so I I think they're going to the playoffs. I really do. I, I actually think, I know, you know, sorry, BGN. I think they sweep the Eagles. I really do mm. at this point. I mean, so, I, and I think they'll beat the Giants. I, I, I'd i say they split with the Cowboys, you know, it, it, and that's an optimistic scenario for them, right? Or a conservative one. Mm. I mean, so yeah. I, I think that they are at the very least the third wild card team.
2: I think they get at least win like one win against the Cowboys, and I think they could sweep the Cowboys too. I'm not going to say it's the most likely outcome, but I think it's like within the realm of possibility. It's more than like a five percent chance to me, um, uh, which isn't necessarily saying a lot, but I think it's possible. Uh, and yeah, and this is but this is kind of my whole argument about Ron Rivera. It was never that like he was like the best head coach in the NFL or even like one of the very best. I just thought. He provides a floor, was always trying to, at least the way I, sh- maybe I should have put it more uh, succinctly if I didn't before. Like he yeah. He, he gives you some level of credibility. That's why I thought it was like a good, not like a great hire, but like a, a sensible hire for Washington because they Cause kind of could. What could they needed that. at the time. Yeah. They needed some, like they need stability. They needed a floor. They needed something that pre- would prevent them from totally just always like hitting rock bottom again and again. And I think he did that. And I think his value as and I, as something I always talk about as a head coach is like, how do you respond when things go really wrong? And things were really wrong for Washington earlier this season. And they easily could have cratered. Instead, they pull off this four game win streak. And I think that's like, that's something that's always going to be like a possibility when you have a veteran solid head coach like Ron Rivera. It's not necessarily, you know, one that has a super high ceiling. You're going to win a championship, but you're you're going to be able to prevent yourself from looking like a total joke from being like the Jaguars or the Jets or something like that.
1: I do think it's funny how, I mean, I don't know if you've heard football is a game of inches. I mean, if not for the, you know, the Russell Wilson awful two point conversion on Monday night last week, like. This is not maybe not a four-game win streak, right? If not for you know a field goal from a brand new field goal kicker, like these things happen and they work and they're you know real. And so like I'm not trying to make them not real, but you know like they're they're you don't have to move the goalposts an enormous amount to kind of shift their reality, which is just funny the way football tends to work sometimes. Well,
2: well, that's a fair point though in terms of like this Washington team again, they're not firing on all cylinders. They're winning one-score games. That's not sustainable over the long term, but it's where we are right now. And if they go out. And they get a big win over the Cowboys, then that kind of you know legitimatize le- legitimizes one of those. There you go, uh, synergy. Uh, their their most
1: their most sound win in this win streak, amazingly, is against the Bucks. Like yeah. that's that's their best of the four, which is just really strange given the opponents they've played.
2: And they beat like they that was like a, a a really impressive win like they that wasn't like a fluky game to me like that drive they had again they yeah, had had, it might be the drive. best drive of the season like that was like a really freaking like you know like they just beat them and then they and then it was good coaching too because they they uh what they went for two at the end of the game like it, like didn't even give the the bucks a chance to make it uh a game or give, give even give Brady a chance to or they went for the touchdown whatever it was it was it was just like they it was extremely deserved effort is my point. Uh, My last point on all
1: this is, and I'm just, look, I have to say this, you love to talk about big loser energy. This isn't big loser energy. I think this is MLE. This is moderate loser energy. (laughs) Uh, All the NFC East fans every Washington or Eagles fan or Giants fan, why do the Cowboys think they're so special? Blah, blah blah. It's because Ron Rivera immediately after getting this big win is like, man, guys, we need you. Please come out. Please come watch us. Come wow. watch us play the Cowboys. Please. We need your help. Chill out, dude. Have some self-respect. You've won four games in a row. I mean, that was a little, again, moderate uh, loser energy from Ron Rivera in my mind.
2: I understand why you're saying that, but I think the sad part is though that, like he has to say that like, and that's not his fault. Like they're that the the fact that they don't have the fan support and Dan Snyder is a joke and it's a really bad stadium and really bad fan experience. Like I get, I get why that's being said though, because like they're not getting their home fans there and it's a, it's a, it's a mess and it's not Ron Rivera's fault at all. Like that he, I don't love that. He has to say that, but he's almost in a position where he has to, is my point.
1: My point is that every team, looks up and is haunted by the cowboys that's my point and just you know is is has all the, has all their energy put into the playing the dallas cowboys okay uh we need some energy so we're gonna take a break uh blg is gonna grab a power bar i think and then we'll be back so nobody go anywhere we'll be right back after this
2: another day
0: is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Welcome back. BLG, you did not get a power bar. In fact, you brought a three-course meal. What is on your three plates?
2: I don't know. A three course meal. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I never use that term actually. It's like something that gets said, but like, like I, never I feel looked, like on, I a gets meal gets said more often. like that's mm. the, the
1: most common derivation of course.
2: What am I gonna have for dinner tonight is a good question. I don't know yet. Still up in the air. I have all these leftover cookies, RJ, because I think I don't I think he said it on the show. He said it in the pre show conversation. I went to a cookie swap and like I just have a billion. I can send you the picture of these in the Slack, maybe as we're on the show or whatever. There's it, just like so many cookies. So I might just eat cookies and then get sick.
1: Uh give me a ballpark. How many there are there? Like we're we talking like 14? Are we talking like way more At than least, that? Like-
2: yeah, like 15 ish, maybe even like 20. It was so many freaking cookies. What's the and best this, one? The best uh, one you've had. I would say mine. Uh an unbiased opinion. Um mine's that mine's up there. Um this person who hosted the party, uh shout out to Erica. Uh she's actually a baker and she made these uh caramel popcorn cookies and they're actually really, really holy good. crap. Yeah, that
1: sounds amazing.
2: They're like next level, they're really good.
1: Erica with a C or a K? Uh
2: C. Mm,
1: I think I like that better.
2: Okay. Mm.
1: Um respect. Okay. Anything else? Uh oh, are you um are you a milk with your cookies person?
2: um so i think the perfect cookie should be i just sent you the pictures by the way on slack because we're on air um or they're uploading now but uh i feel like the perfect cookie to me should be kind of like crunchier on the outside rim but then not soft but chewy in the middle like a cookie should have some kind of like pliability where you can like almost like bend it i don't like it like a super hard and dry cookie that you can just like kind of snap in half typically i also don't love necessarily you know like a soft like a cookie just out of the oven and it's like soft and gooey still i mean that can be nice like maybe one in a certain context but as a as a general thing i don't like let's say like a, a bag of like chips ahoy like they're soft kind i'm not i'm not about that um i, I think cookie should be chewy okay i'm looking at this photo now and which ones are yours my cookie rj is the double chocolate chip cookie which is really good
1: uh it's this is it the smallest one there?
2: I forgot like to post this now for on Twitter for, for <laughs> reference, so people can. Because uh, otherwise, it's terrible podcasting. So, oh,
1: yours, yours are in the the tin, the box tin. That yes,
2: you, yeah, they're on the tin. But uh,
1: these are. They might be in the nicest display. No, the yeah. nicest display is the little tower. Oh, those are the caramel popcorn ones. Wow, dude, they have yeah. popcorn on them. Oh my gosh.
2: It's really good. It's well, again, she's a baker, so it's kind of like unfair because like, you know, mm. she like does this for a living, but yeah, they're really good.
1: Um, the worst ones to me uh,
2: <laughs> Oh god. Let's drag are, someone here.
1: Look like uh is it Dunia and Eric?
2: I don't know who they are. But um, what what are they?
1: It's it's right below the po- caramel popcorn ones in the Tupperware.
2: Uh, oh oh, like the hearts you're saying? Yeah, those look bad. I'm not a. Um, uh, they're fine. Like they're not my. Fi- they weren't like bad. None of them were bad, honestly. Like they're all pretty good. Uh, and it's cookies. Like how it's hard to get like sugar wrong. I feel like <laughs> like, but mm. whatever. Sugar and butter.
1: Um, they look like they suck. Anyway, uh, let's talk about things that suck. The Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts specifically, because we have. A full-blown quarterback controversy. <laughs> Gardner Minshew shows up, Do gets we? the dub, does the awesome you know, stuff, has the great video with the his awesome dad, stuff. just looks cool. There's somebody in the crowd wearing his jersey. This is the best quarterback that the Philadelphia Eagles have had since Donovan McNabb. <laughs> Shout out to everyone that has tried since then, uh, which includes what Kevin Cobb. Uh, Aj Feeley, I guess. Michael Vick, um, Carson Wentz, Michael- <laughs> Sam Bradford, yeah. Gardner Minshew, QB one, baby, let's go.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean it was a good game by Gardner Minshew, and I don't think you should like take anything away from that. Like he played really well. Now, of course, it was against the team in the NFL with literally the worst passer rating allowed this season. The Jets are horrendous on defense. Um, they didn't force a punt until the Eagles final drive when there was a really bad snap by Nate Herbig, who was filling in for Jason Kelsey, who was hurt. So I don't want to take anything away from Gardner Minshew. I thought he did some really good thing, good things in terms of, uh, like being really accurate. Again, he didn't have many incompletions in this game. And, uh, as a whole, I think it really shouldn't be controversial to say he is a better passer than Jalen Hurts. Like there are objective metrics to like, like support this statement. Doesn't mean he's a better all overall player. Doesn't mean he has a as high of a ceiling. There isn't a real controversy here, RJ. John Hurts is going to continue to be the starter. But like I told stats, I'll Ooh. tell you. Well, it's true. I mean, like I, I like Gardner Minshew. It's not even like I'm a Minshew hater or anything, but you hate Eagles Hurts. Are...
1: You hate Minshew. <laughs> I just
2: hate the Eagles as a whole. It's fair. Uh I think the the thing I will say that is meaningful about this performance to me is that this game is one, a missed opportunity for Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of people out there who are just saying, like, well, if Jalen Hurts played, he would have had an awesome game. I mean, like, maybe, but he didn't. That's not the reality. You can't just, like, you can't, there isn't a world where you can just assume that he did. Jalen if was
1: he, terrible against the Giants. What, yeah, right. Like, who are similarly he, bad. So why he, what, exactly? What logic is there to, to, to make this, to jump to this conclusion. There's not that any. Yes.
2: Questions. You can't, you don't just give that to him. Like, oh, he would have had a good game against the Jets. So you just, you know, you give that. No. You don't just give that to him. Uh, it didn't happen. So I think it's a big missed opportunity for him in terms of, like, like he could have used a stock up game and this was not one for him. And then I absolutely do believe while it's not going to change the starting quarterback for week 15, that if Jalen Hurts goes out against the Washington football team and looks really, really bad again, like he did against the Giants, I think the lease is shorter now with Minshew looking good and there could be a switch if he can, if Jalen Hurts continues to struggle.
1: I have a lot of thoughts here. Uh, my first is that this must be an annoying time in Eagles Twitter for the non Jalen Stan because Jalen's stands to me seem like the type of stands that just come hard. You know what I mean? Like dealing with that has got to be an interesting conversation. And so like I'm sure you're right. Like those are they're all these like he would have done the same thing against the Jets. So and so now like the next two weeks because the Eagles are on by if I was unaware um, are going to be a little bit longer in that sense. I think what also helps, you know, Minshew's case. If if you're if you want to make one uh, peek behind the curtain here, I asked BLG if I should start Boston Scott in my fantasy league of record. Uh, the reason for that, just for full clarity here, Christian McCaffrey out for the season. I also I also lost J.K. Dobbins at the beginning of the season. Uh, I have Kareem Hunt who just no came cares back, about but, this. But, but, but was on by, and I had Michael Carter on the other side of this game who's on IR at the moment. So I was up a creek. You know, And I did not have a lot of options. Uh, BLG said, do not play him. I did not listen. I lost. But what's more, as I told you, BLG, is I benched Dallas Goddard, which hurt Mm. a lot. And that wouldn't have made the difference. Actually, it might have. But I don't want to think about that. Anyway, uh, (laughs) but Dallas Goddard just gets this big-time contract. Gardner Minshew shows up. And I saw you tweet about this, too, right away. Hey, throw it to the good guy. Throw it to the good players. I mean, like, and Dallas Goddard has some success. I know there's all this talk about Devontae Smith not getting involved and whatnot. But this is a nice revelation, I think. And so if I'm an Eagles fan, A, I'm a terrible human being. But B, I'm thinking at least Minshew gives me an opportunity to see these other players grow and develop, whereas Jalen doesn't necessarily offer that.
2: I, I, it's a fair point. I think it's a more functional passing attack. Uh, again, because I think Gardner Minshew, for his faults, and by the way, like, not perfect in terms of the, like, the, he was a touch behind on those touchdown throws to Goddard. They're a little bit underthrown. I mean, I'm not going to kill him for it. He still made the play, but, you know, that's still noticeable. I thought there was another play, too, where he actually threw to Devontae Smith, and I feel like, you know, if that was like Josh Allen or, you know, a quarterback with a stronger arm, just for example, uh, that's a completion, but because of his weaker arm, the cornerback had a time to kind of make a break on the ball and knock it down, so you saw where his limitations are, and I think, you know, that's what Minshew is. He's a low-end starter in the NFL, a high-level backup, maybe one of the very best backups. Very best backup, maybe top one in the NFL, you could argue. Um, So, yeah, you know, I think there are limitations there. And I totally forgot what your point was. So what was it again?
1: (laughs) Well, I just want to shift to your point now. I think Howie Roseman, there are rare opportunities to say this here, deserves a lot of props. Because I was pissed when the Cowboys weren't the team that traded for Minshew. And... Not that this was like a man, we're stuck. We we need this win and have to rely on our backup quarterback situation for the Eagles, but it proved, and I know it was the Jets, but it proved that like that was that trade had merit. You know, that was a nice move that he pulled off in a vacuum. He has a mountain of awful moves that, you know, are impossible to like, you know, justify or validate or anything like that. But yeah, he deserves some credit. I do have a question for you if you're ready. Yep. Okay, so as it stands, the Eagles are the first team out of the three wildcards, okay? They're the eighth seed in the NFC at the moment. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have a higher chance of getting into the playoffs, obviously as a wild card team, if who is their quarterback, Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew?
2: I think uh i think it's similar i don't think it's a big difference Mm, i'm gonna say
1: fans rider fans rider we want no i don't think
2: i don't think it's a i think they're similar to your players is the thing but i will say i think if we're talking about gives the team a better chance to win now which what this season isn't really all about uh, i think it is Minshew potentially just because again i think passing offense matters the most and i think garner Minshew is the better passer so i don't think that's crazy to say
1: Mm. Uh, also of note, when it comes to the Eagles BLG, the Indianapolis Colts are at what, like at like 99.9% of the threshold necessary for the Carson I think it's like, pick like to be a first-rounder.
2: Five more snaps is like all Wednesday. Right. It's like so, really so close. Yeah.
1: Interestingly enough, uh, a challenge for the content king, uh, the Eagles and the two teams who they are depending on for first-round picks next year are all on buy. This week, um, yeah. So, so no real Eagles rooting interests except for uh, wildcard related things and whatnot. So, in well, that sense, are you are you rooting for the Cowboys to beat Washington to to keep one wildcard yeah. spot more available?
2: I mean, I think the framing is always you're just hoping that Washington <laughs> uh, loses, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I like the Cowboys are winning the NFC East. Like, I don't think you can really. I mean, when you lost the the Giants, like you lost your chance at winning the NFC East. I think it kind of comes down to that. So I do think the focus should be ultimately on the wild card at this point from a realistic standpoint. And yeah, I think it helps the Eagles the most if the Washington football team loses.
1: Mm. Every Eagles fan rooting for the Cowboys. Second week in a row. You'd love to see it. Um... Are on by? This is a late buy. This is a it's, really, it's the really, latest
2: buy. Really late I think in the NFL ever. There's never been a team on a buy this late. So they were talking about that last night on the broadcast because the Patriots are also on by.
1: The Patriots are on by. The Colts are on by. The Dolphins are on by. And historically,
2: um, by the way, I was perusing through Twitter at one point. And uh, by the way, did you know? Remember, did I talk to you before about maybe not. I think this was with Jimmy. I'm getting all my podcasts mixed up about how like literally the like the word literally can also be used to mean figuratively, which I hate that. I don't know how that is a thing, but if you look it up on like the dictionary, it actually says figuratively is an acceptable definition of literally, which I hate. Um That's, but also that Peru. Really it's terrible. And peruse means both like to skim and also like to read thoroughly. So like, what are we doing uh, with these words uh, that mean um, two different things? Like, and also like biweekly. I hate that. Like biweekly means either or once every two weeks yeah. or yeah, or Part. twice in one week. That why do we have these words? They're they, they don't mean anything if they if it means more than one thing and doesn't offer clarity anyway. Uh, where was I going with this point
1: on that subject? If you'll allow me one gripe, because you had like seven. Um, so, and we're getting to this time of year because we're about to have like college bowl season. I think that we largely misuse the term anniversary. So, uh, this happened a few years ago. The, the, well, the Alamo bowl, uh, in San Antonio had like its 25th anniversary. And so I, I was curious. I looked it up and it was actually the 25th game that was being played, like the 25th Alamo bowl which is only the 24th anniversary. Because you can't have an anniversary... Like, the second game would theoretically be the first anniversary. Yeah, the
2: day you get married isn't, like, your first anniversary. Exactly.
1: That that was exactly what I equated it to. You can't actually say that it's the 25th anniversary unless it's the 26th game. You get what I'm saying? Um, So, um, it's stupid. I also think that people misuse this logic when it comes to their birthday. Um, People will be like, like, if somebody turns 30 you know, like, they'll be like, well, you know, let's see what my 30th year has to offer. You have just completed your 30th year. You know, like, <laughs> that's the whole point of, like, the birthday. Does that make sense? Um, last team to discuss on the NFC's mixtape. I don't even think that they really merit, like, a ton of discussion anymore.
2: Uh, yeah, you- so to put a bow on my point, just real quickly, uh, the study I saw, I think, was that teams who have buys later in the season, typically, like, that, that does help them. Like, like the rest of the year into the playoffs, like teams with later buys, there's value in that. So it uh, could be a good for, thing for this team, these teams, which is good for the Eagles and also bad for the Eagles.
1: BLG, I want to tell you a stat that I read. Um, Elroy, Big Blue View, shout out to Ed Valentine, who does a great job with his Things I Think column after every Giants game. 52 to nothing at the end of first halves this season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: impossible. And yet, it's true.
2: They're really bad. What can you say?
1: (laughs) I mean, I just—I mean, do we do we have anything to say? Do we have any interesting things to say about this team? No,
2: especially like if Mike Lennon is playing. You know, what's what's to learn? Like, what's you know, there's nothing interesting.
1: He might not even be playing. It might be Jake. Well, Fromm yeah, but I'm sw-
2: saying like if we're talking about this, you know, this past game, like there's just nothing right, there. Right, right, right. There is something with Jake Fromm, just because like in theory, maybe he's something. Probably not, but like you know, there's like more than a zero percent chance. Like there is with Mike Lennon. So like that's really it. I will say here that uh, like I've talked to Ed before about their quarterback situation and like how he kind of just feels like it's a no brainer. You have to bring back Daniel Jones because um, you know it's like what else are you going to do? Draft someone. And, I mean, like, well, you could get involved in the trade market because you have, you know, two high picks and everything. I I just feel like there's that's too, like, defeatist of Ed to just be like, well, you have to stick with Daniel Jones. I mean, like, he hasn't been that great. And I don't think he's a lost cause. But, like, he's also been hurt, too, in addition to not being great. So, I don't know. He...
1: I mean, yeah, it's hard. To, it's really hard to evaluate Daniel Jones. Like he he's the person like you, you've said this before. Like, I mean, if we're willing to give anybody a pass, it's Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so difficult to un, like contextualize how how bad he might actually be. He might just be like normal bad, you know, like I, I, we've, it's a popular take, but like put him in Pittsburgh next year. Let's see that. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing what that or
2: Denver like. even maybe.
1: Yeah. Or Denver. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Kirk Cousins is the Giants quarterback next year? oh my gosh is that that like that's possible though right like that's in the realm of possibilities
2: um not impossible um would be really appropriate loser franchise loser quarterback <laughs> really good marriage i saw
1: um on the Giants subreddit blg um they are already trying very hard to trade saquon barkley and i want you to guess what they thought would be fair compensation to get in return for him. a first round pick no 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 it wasn't that bad um but so your, sec- uh, your second guess
2: a second round pick?
1: <laughs> it was a third round pick. Would you, if the Eagles gave no. up a third round pick for Saquon Barkley, would you not destroy them?
2: Oh, it'd be, I'd crush, no one is giving up a third round pick. It's not even happening. No mm-hmm. no team out there would do that. None of, none of them would do that. Maybe a team would do a four. Uh, no one's doing a three.
1: No one's doing a day two pick. Nobody's doing it. Just because, like, like kind of like, like, is he even good? Like, would you characterize Saquon as good right now?
2: No, definitely. Like, what is he good at? I mean, like in theory, he can break a big play, but like he gets hurt all the time. He hasn't been. There's so many games. I feel like he he feels like a very much a boomer bust runner. And there's a lot of games where it's just bust. He's not a runner. Let's say like Jordan Howard, who like can kind of keep you. And obviously there's better examples of this, but like a running back who can kind of keep you on schedule and kind of, maybe he's not going to break that big play, but he's going to kind of give you like second and, you know, five consistently and then like third and three. So then it's kind of easier for the quarterback to uh, complete uh, or to move the chains. Kind of like the Eagles offense has been working with Jordan Howard when he's been available and Jalen hurts taking advantage of those short yards opportunities. Like Saquon's not that guy. Um And really he's just, benefiting he's coasting on reputation as his number two oh, overall pick. But dude, isn't? he doesn't
1: even have a reputation. Like it's a collegiate reputation.
2: You know, like yes, he's, correct.
1: like like he, he had a nice rookie year, but like he's he's Jadevian Clowney's one hit. That's you know what I mean? Like that's who he is. Like as far as like he's <laughs> like, a good way but, to put it. Um my last question on this. So where does Saquon rank among these other four running backs? So one through five Elijah Mitchell um will go Daryl Henderson will throw in um, J.D. McKissick from Washington. That's three. And Devonta Freeman.
2: I'm going to put him last because you can't stay healthy. And I mean, you might be like a better pure runner than let's say like J.D. McKissick, but McKissick might, you know, might offer more value. He's demonstrated as like a pass catcher. So there Mm -hmm. you go. Uh,
1: Any last words, thoughts, amusing comments from you, PLG?
2: Uh we have to go to a meeting a little <laughs> peek behind the curtain here right after this so I guess we have to wrap up uh a very important meeting a, a meeting that you know helps make the espionation NFL show really special so um, uh
1: yeah another peek behind the curtain we had to finish this with our cameras off because of my internet issues so uh my last thing to be guess how many fingers so not I'm a ho- peek at
2: all because we can't see Actually, anything. that's true uh,
1: um, uh, guess how many fingers I'm holding up I'll be totally truthful uh, if you get it right
2: uh d- i I'm, I'm, I'm using both hands. I'm like, using both hands. That doesn't necessarily mean
1: it's more than five, but I like right. that's that's within so, the realm of possibility.
2: Right. So my range here is zero through ten. Um I'm gonna say, and you're not like doing anything tricky to me here, like holding your fingers upside down. Cause I, I that used to be a, a good like joke. <laughs> at, when I go to the doctor, he'd be like, How many fingers am I holding up? You know, because he's testing my vision. Uh, and then he'd be holding his hand like downwards, like this finger's pointing down, downwards. So he'd be like, No, I'm holding up. No fingers because I'm holding two downwards. Um, So assuming you're not doing any of that nonsense, I'm going to go and uh, hmm, I'm going to say three. No, wait, 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 four. Wrong. Wrong.
1: I went seven like Monica Geller. Um, Fantastic reference by me. Um, Cool. BLG, the last 737 words belong to you.
2: I'm going to say everyone should listen to the NFC East Mixtape. Really good podcast. Check it out. Check out the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, the Tuesday show is especially good. Off day debrief. Monday show isn't bad. Monday, football Monday. Uh, and everyone, we will talk to you next week.